Oh, I was hoping he was gonna do that. Alrighty, welcome to Chicken Space. This is episode 18. In the previous last couple of weeks, been talking about hunting, gathering, been talking about agriculture, chickens, XRP cryptocurrency, the state of our economy, um, all those different kinds of things. And today, I just wanted to get back to like the awareness of where all of this experience of life comes from. The space that proceeds at the infinity that proceeds and holds and will hold and continues um, to be the place where everything gets created. You and me and all that, uh, all that we perceive and all that we create. So that's today, um, wherever you are, Glad to be with you and glad to uh, be sharing here episode 18. Uh, again, if you want more information, you can always go to manyspokes.com to learn about the happy hens, the chickens uh, that are my living. And if you want to go and learn about the healing work uh, that I do, go to icemethod.com. All right, episode 18. Thanks for joining us. I've never seen a place I'm Space, episode 18. I think it's too windy to be out here, but I'm going to collect some eggs. We haven't collected eggs together for a while. These wonderful chickens, fall time. And uh, the thing about fall time and chickens is the amount of light that we get in a day is decreasing. And up in Nome, Alaska, it was changing by six minutes a day. We were just 100 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Six minutes a day, so every 10 days you lost an hour of daylight. Uh, but here in Washington, um, it's changing not quite as dramatically, but still a lot because we're up north edge of the continental United States. And the thing about chickens is they like 15, 16 hours of daylight a day um, to lay their eggs. And that's kind of their signal in the springtime um, for, for laying eggs. It's like, oh, springtime's here. It's going to be warm. We've got the light in the fall time. Light's going away, winter time's coming. Uh, we should save our energy for survival. Hard to raise chicks, so they tend to stop. And so what they discovered, um, the secret to keeping them laying was to put on lights in the winter time and make sure that these chickens got at least 15 or 16 hours of light a day, which I did last year uh, down where we had the chickens at Rob's place. And uh, we had power there on the grid and up here on the new place, we're not on the grid. So I put solar lights in, the first set wasn't enough, put in another set. Now I think I have to buy a third set, uh, more powerful. And I was looking online for light bulbs and to get a hundred watt light, which hopefully that would be enough, it's $110 where I look. So I gotta keep looking, but $110 to put a light in. Guess it's a lot cheaper than putting the electric line so I could get a $2 light, but it still seems like an awful lot for a light for you guys, doesn't it? They're looking at me like, it's your choice. You give me some light, I'll lay you some eggs. Let it be dark. We'll come back in the springtime laying eggs. So we were up to 24 dozen a day. Now we're down to about 17, 18 dozen a day. So a big change um, as we move into fall here. And, uh, but. Looks like there's a good amount today. Thank you for every one of these eggs you gave us. Appreciate it, yeah. I was thinking I might go walk the dog after I picked the eggs and 
do this uh, podcast, but it's a little windy outside, and I think probably the sound would be too much wind, and the people who put the podcast together for us, uh, they would say, go try again. So I'll probably have to go sit in the truck and continue this. All right, so life on the farm is good, fall time. Fall time comes and we think about winter and the snow and stuff that's going to come. I still have a chicken house to build. Those 800 chicks down below um, that we started out from babies, they are, what are they? They're probably like six weeks old now. They're doing really well. They're getting big, eating lots of food. They'll need to come up here someday. Oh, maybe you hear the turkey talking. Those turkeys, oh no, that's the goose. That's Boris and Glenda talking. <clears throat> um, yeah, so we'll be bringing them up here. We need to build them a new house for the winter. They can live in, get that done. And then another one of the interesting things this winter is the approach to this property is steep. Like I've uh, put pictures on the newsletter from this place and how beautiful it is looking down on the lake. But to get up here, the final part is really steep. So I know I'm gonna need some chains on the truck when we bring up the grain. And we're gonna need to get a snow plow blade for the front of that tractor and some things. And uh, so it just seems like lights, houses, roads. Um, there's always something in this game of having chickens. We got turkeys. We're gonna have a nice Thanksgiving turkey if everything goes well here. Keep growing, keep eating lots of food, you turkeys. So, collecting some more eggs here. And then thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, just had a great conversation with someone who's a good friend who just can't understand how I can't understand this philosophy that he's very engaged in. Um, and he keeps telling me about it and I really appreciate it. And yet for me, it's, it's like, wow, it, it rings differently for me than it rings for him. Um, and it seems to me like when I go to the source of this and the people who've been kind of uh, talking about this, it's like, wow, there keeps being this anger behind it. And, and so it's a little bit like off-putting for me. And, and then in the same token, it's like, I don't feel like he exactly gets what I'm talking about when I talk about memory reconsolidation. Um, and so I just think about that in general, like what an amazing thing it is to, one, to, to have an idea, um, to even have an idea, have a perception that, wow, this is the way things work. It's an incredible thing. Uh, but then to communicate that to someone else in a way that uh, it resonates for them. And you think about these people who, who've done this um, through time and been able to make that communication that moves people, that's so miraculous. And then you think about like these greatest of communicators, um, you know, the Buddha, and then I think about Jesus. But, but I think about like, you now having been to seminary um, and studied and preached and, and just reading the story, like how well was this, this gentleman listened to? He, he got to live for four years after he started his public ministry, and then he was crucified. And if everybody had gotten his message, uh, they would have understand, understood that he was about uh, love for one another, love for God, love for neighbor. And you probably wouldn't have seen like a crucifixion coming. So 
here's this Jesus ascribed as son of God who, um, who ends up crucified. So this thing about getting messages out, daring to put them out, having an idea to put them out, amazing thing. So my friend who, well, I stepped outside of the chicken coop, you might hear the wind, got one basket full of eggs and I put it outside the fence and I go back for the second basket, back to these laying boxes where, where uh, they roll out and I just open it up and uh, collect them really easily. But again, like this, so back to listening, you know, this friend, this incredible gift that he has to put an idea together. And then you think about um, Jesus and, and sharing that message, but the challenge that he had in sharing it. You know, he would talk about that, how, how people wouldn't hear him and people wouldn't listen to him. And, and yet he would uh, keep, keep sharing that. So, um, so I was thinking like, gosh, what is it that's just the most important thing for me? And uh, over these last couple of weeks, I talked about uh, hunting, gathering culture, our time in Nome. And I talked about uh, this culture that we live in, agriculture. And here I am, chicken farmer. And I talked about uh, this modern time that we're in, this incredible time we're in now of uh, financial um, financial instability and uh, the rise of digital currencies and what it seems like to me at least is that we're moving rapidly in that direction and I even shared a lunch I had uh, talking with a friend about the this currency that it coin it seems like it's going to uh, move into a replacement uh, mode for exchanging uh, value XRP and how I got some of that and so now it's like oh I got chickens as a spiritual journey here in the physical world and then uh, next coming up it's like XRP digital currency having that as a physical spiritual uh, journey Right? Not just like, oh, how much money can I make off of these eggs? Or how much money can I make by making a wise investment? But what does it mean to have the moment, the activity, the physicality, the duality um, be a spiritual journey? Uh, so today it's like I wanted to get back to what I spent a lot of episodes talking about, which was the ice method and calm and space and where all that comes from. And maybe if we start with this awareness of space and then come into this physical reality that we share, um, maybe it'll let us think, see things in a way that's useful. It certainly has for me. And so, uh, I had this experience a couple weeks ago. I was driving back from Wenatchee, uh, back home, and it was before the sun came up, so it was still dark. And then it became just kind of um, the beginning of light coming. And something happened to me, I think I shared this briefly, but something happened to me um, that I hadn't experienced 
Now the rooster is clucking like you laid an egg. I think they get jealous of the hens sometimes if they can lay eggs and, and they start clucking instead of uh, crowing like they laid an egg or something. Or maybe it's just solidarity. I don't know. Anyway, that's what you're hearing. He's a pretty rooster too. But so this experience, and uh, I think I shared a little bit about it a while ago, but but I think I want to go back to that because I've been I've been paying a lot of attention to it lately. Because um, um, I think where we end up putting our attention is something we get to choose and something that makes an enormous difference in our life. And that normally um, we think the things happening around us, like we have to react to them or, or you know, something happens and, and we just react to it. But if we can back it back a few steps and take the choice of where we put our awareness and how we use it, what we do with it, um, the world changes dramatically from reactivity to um, the choice of, of how we are going to use our attention. And it's certainly something that the people who uh, deal with meditation and awareness, uh, they talk a lot about and that's become important for me. Uh, in my practice. So, the experience. I'm driving back home from Wenatchee. And uh, it's early morning. The sun is just beginning to, to bring some light onto the landscape. And what happened before was I was uh, driving home after a trip uh, to the southeast and I had spent the night um, in Las Vegas, slept in my car, didn't go gambling, slept in the car. And the next morning I got up and I started driving north. And there, driving north from Las Vegas, desert, uh, very barren, dry, and the road just completely straight, maybe for 100 miles. And for some reason, uh, what, what happened was I had a change in awareness. Instead of the sense that I was moving in the car through the landscape, I think it was like speed limit 70 out there or something like that on that highway, maybe 75. Instead of me moving through that landscape, something shifted. Like I wasn't trying to do it, but something shifted. It just came to me. It's like, oh, no, it could be, I could be aware of this and oh, I'm putting the eggs in the truck now. Maybe you're hearing that. Um, something shifted. So instead of the feeling that I am moving through this landscape, which is kind of the way I've been thinking of it my whole entire life, um, the shift happened and it felt instead like I was not moving all of a sudden. I was stationary and the landscape was coming through me. Like I was sitting in a theater and, and maybe the movie of someone driving on the road was coming through me instead of me being in the car driving through the landscape. And it happened and it was just kind of this um, very like surprising feeling. And it was like, wow, what, what would it be like to explore this? And of course I was driving for hours on this straight road, so I had hours to explore it. And uh, even from there, I drove over to Death Valley and I continued 
um, those incredible vistas if you go through Death Valley to explore this sense of space moving through me or the environment moving through me instead of me moving through the environment. And that was what happened again recently, a couple weeks ago, uh, coming, hey kitty, hey. Oh, this is Babs. I could introduce you to Babs. We had some friends who uh, couldn't keep their barn cats anymore, so uh, we got them. Babs here is just a young kitty. And uh, so if you get cats from another, another place, then you keep them uh, in a kennel for a, a couple of weeks. And so they've been in a kennel for a couple of weeks, and just yesterday we let them out. And this morning when I came up, they were both here greeting me, and it looks like they're settling in uh, really well. All right, back to that trip back from Wenatchee. It happened a couple weeks ago, and since then I've just really been paying attention to this. And uh, I certainly invite you to try it. Get on a bus or a train or a car or a boat. And uh, I mean, certainly you could do this, right? had the perception all my life that I was moving through landscape, but um, you could just change a frame of reference to like your stationary and everything around you is moving past you. You could try that. And the longer I live, especially these last 10 years, the more I've come to uh, believe that awareness and how we choose to use our awareness really is uh, something that can be up to us, highly underappreciated, but the level to which we um, can be um, choosing how we want to use our awareness uh, is profound. And maybe it seems like this is a trivial little thing, but if like me, you've been thinking that you are moving through the landscape your whole life, and all of a sudden you become still. You become the stationary one and the landscape moves through you. Well, that's profound. Can you hear this kitty purring? I wonder if you can, because the microphone's pretty close and she's climbed up on my shoulder. You're a very friendly kitty. I'm glad we got you out of that kennel after these nine days. The folks said you were like a little bit friendly, but you're super friendly just climbing up on my shoulder there. Thank you, Babs. So, um, another thing that I've talked about before is just like seeing space. And if you want to have this shift of awareness uh, and you're driving down the road, you could just first notice that there's a space between you and everything. And again, underappreciated. Mostly our attention is going from one thing to another, to another, to another. I think we're going somewhere with this conversation. Otherwise, I'll just uh, hit the delete button a little while. But noticing space instead of the thing, instead of just the thing, like I'm looking over at um, the cherry trees that are left uh, on this orchard here. Most of them I've cleared out, as I've told you before, space for these chickens. Um, but I'm looking over at the cherry tree, and, and in most of my life, probably the first 50 years of it, I just see the thing and react to the thing. So it was a reactivity to whatever I was looking at or was that whatever I was hearing. And over these last number of years, 
I've begun to become aware that between everything and between myself and everything, there is a space. Again, it seems like, ah, that's no big deal. But what it is, it's, it's awareness. And it's us becoming aware of our awareness and us becoming aware that we have the choice of where we want to put that awareness. And that makes all the difference. Yes, kitty. On my shoulder, kitty. Bad. I guess you agree. Is that true? Cat awareness. I wonder what that is. But this sense of awareness, like before XRP, before, before this agricultural world, before hunting gathering, before our experience in Nome, before all of that, it's like, oh, what if we started here? The conversation with this friend who just, who's just like so amazed that not only I, but so many people can't listen to him or, or aren't hearing what it is he have, has to say, not getting it. And I've had the exact same question about how is it that people can't get what I'm trying to share? And I have some thoughts about that. That mostly we're not seeing the space, this common space, this space that's between everything. This is space that's between everything. If you're looking at a space right now, hearing this, that space is the same thing. You know, other words we have for that are infinity, non-duality, source, God space, the field, the harmony, the ground of all being, allness, isness. Right? Because of the language, which is something, a thing, the word, which is a thing, like a cherry tree, or this badge cat that is just crazy about being on my shoulder, you thing, me thing, these dualities, these particularities, once we put our attention in them, like when I said cat, you probably have an image of a cat, right? What color is that image of your cat? Is it black? Is it calico? Is it what? Well, this guy is sort of a gray with some spotted speckled coat on it. Very young, very small, very skinny, very active. Maybe you think of your own cat or you think of your allergy to cats or you know, what is it you think about when you think about cats? You're coming out of a different space than I am. So it's been so interesting talking to you about XRP, you know, a little hesitant, like do I talk about that stuff? Cause I'm no expert on that chickens oh yeah i'm getting to be a little bit of an expert certainly realizing what i don't know time and gnome and that's a challenge to our culture because when I, when I talk about hunting gathering it's not a common experience for most people so before all of those particular experiences that have shaped me like they've shaped my friend who doesn't understand that i can't understand his position all those particular things that shape us. Before any of that, there's a space. I, at least I think so. Like there's this common ground of being, this common space, this common allness, this common isness that we come out of. But when I'm focused on the particular, well, when I tell you cherry tree, what do you think of? Do you even know what a cherry tree looks like? You know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. You know what a cherry looks like, probably. Buying them in the springtime.
doesn't make you any better or worse than me if you know what a cherry tree looks like. But now I've cut down all these cherry trees. I know a lot about cherry trees, right? I have a particular perspective. And you do about the things you've had experience of. And when we're inside of that, we're inside of that reactivity. It shapes us. It shapes the language we use, the images we have, the feelings we have, and what we think is this way and not that way. It seems to me that where we all come out of is this space before any of this duality. Right? The term non-duality, the term before duality, the term of that wholeness. And then we get to have this particularity. And I got talked to some people before, and it's like, you know, the particular is like what's really the miraculous thing. Infinity, source, enlightenment, it's like that's no big deal. That's just, that's just what everything is. But that I can have this particular experience right here of looking at uh, 600 and some chickens. That's like the amazing thing. And that you, you aren't having this experience because you're not right here. I mean, you're listening to me, but you're somewhere else wherever you are right now. Having an experience that's not mine. And even with your, if you're with a bunch of people, you're having that particular experience out of your particular viewpoint. I mean, this incredible thing that, that there can be this finitude that has such a variety that we can each have our own particular experience. And then the funny, funny, funny thing that when we start to become aware of awareness or spirituality or whatever, it's like, oh, I want to get past all of this finitude. I just want to be aware of God's space or allness or isness or whatever it is, whatever language tradition has attracted you. I mean, that was the case for myself and sort of journeying down the spiritual, spiritual wonderings. Like, oh, I just want that experience. And then I got some of them. Never like constant, which I guess is sort of what people talk about being completely stabilized in the experience of infinite awareness. But I've had glimpses of it. And I've had enough glimpses that, that um, the finite now has really opened up to me as being, that's the special thing. Because your infinity and my infinity, those are the same. Your space and my space, those are the same. And that's part of the specialness of becoming aware of that space as you realize, oh my gosh, it's all the same. That chicken, it's a particular expression of infinity. Bergen over there having a bark because he wants me to go over and pet him. I'd come over and pet you in a little bit with the cat on my shoulder. Babs is still on my shoulder. Right? This particularity. It's infinite. It's got to be. If infinity is infinity, it contains everything but that we can have a particular experience of it. And I can see these crazy chickens that jump the fence. Every day I put them back. You only get to see that through my description because you're having your own experience, which includes the listening or the sharing of my experience right now, right? Crazy, blessed, wonderful gift. My friend, you just can't understand that I can't understand this 
life-transforming thing that he's experienced and the way that he's experiencing it is life-transforming. I've totally been in that boat with the ICE method, memory reconsolidation. Why is it people can't experience that in the way that I experience it? Or why is it that I can talk about hunting, gathering culture and the experience of that and people don't get it in the way that I get it? And now like, oh, I can share like, oh my goodness, this XRP coin and digital currency and um, it's probably going to be of incredibly appreciated value in the next few years because our economy is changing so much. And like, am I right or wrong about that? It's like, oh, I am having an experience. This is kind of an incredible experience. So Bergen, Babs is still on my shoulder. I'm now patting you on top of your head. Your head is bigger than this cat by probably three or four times. And you're really interested in Babs on my shoulder, aren't you? And she's kind of on my shoulder growling a little bit, but not yet digging her claws into my shoulder. And like, that's my experience at this moment. And now it's past. And now I'm describing something that just happened, that's already happened. Another moment that I can experience finitude has come into its place. And another moment's coming for you. And so if you happen to be driving along in a car and all of a sudden, Whoa, got a scratch on my head out of that cat. <laughs> Oof. Bergen, you scared her. Yes, you did. She's not on my shoulder anymore. So that was another particular experience we had there, wasn't it? Looks like a storm's coming in over there. But you could be in your car and all of a sudden the experience is going through you instead of you going into the experience. And definitely, when that cat hissed, Babs hissed on my shoulder there, like I stopped having this awareness of space for a minute. And I became a reaction uh, to those claws that have given me a little bit of a bloody temple there, which is like, that's okay too. And I can come back to the awareness of that space or I can stay in reactivity to that experience. Doesn't mean I don't have the experience. But like my experience of cat now includes uh, that moment. Within the scope of infinity. So this thing about seeing space, appreciating infinity, having an awareness of the source, that there's a source to all things. That to me seems to be the game changer and highly underappreciated. If we had that, or as much as we do have it, you, you, you get the words of the masters when they talk about the holiness of everything and everyone that the only option we have is either to be aware of it or not aware of it and to be aware of it or not aware of it doesn't make it any less what it is the nature of the reality is that it's all held in source because it's all source there are these particular manifestations and you can either drive through it in reactivity 
or you can see the space and all of a sudden it starts to pass through you. Doesn't mean you don't experience it, but it passes through you. So I have in the previous episodes, and you're welcome to go back and find those, um, worked uh, on sharing this ICE method, memory reconsolidation, the removal of upsets from our life, um, so that they no longer um, they no longer dominate um, our experience, our reactivity to life, and the peacefulness that that can bring about specific situations. Oh, Bergen, now you're climbing up in your house, which I'm leaning against. Are you going to be on my shoulder too? Huh? What a day for animals on my shoulder. Maybe a chicken will jump up on me, you think? Or a turkey. I'm seeing those turkeys over there. I might give you some turkey soup for Thanksgiving. So, so in this sense of the awareness of, of the field passing through us, rather than us just hiking through from event to event, if you do that, if you do that with the picture of your life, the experience of it, past, present, and future, anything that like passes through you, a memory, a present experience, a future um, anticipation, if it, if it takes, if it stops the thing from moving through you and all of a sudden your reaction to it, like when the cat jumped off my shoulder and scratched me on its way off, right? If that stores as an upset, which things do, right? Traumas in our life or fears for the future, something like that. Our life and our death on the biggest scales that we get to imagine as humans. You know, if those like stop the movie from rolling through you, well, um, you, can, you can reconsolidate those. So they no longer stop the movie. So they no longer stop the movement through your life. So you're no longer stuck on something. I've told you about ice, how you identify something, you move yourself into a calm space and you go back and check the thing you identified. In this, uh, in this image of the landscape, you simply, the landscape's moving, you see, you look, you explore your past, your childhood, your experiences, your work, your friendships, relationships, whatever. And if you find a place that has a charge on it, an upset, a stored emotion, something what you're going to notice is it stops the movie, stops the movie from moving, and all of a sudden, instead of you watching the movie move through you, you're out in it in reaction to it. You're in that one little place. You're not seeing the whole landscape anymore. Like in Las Vegas, driving out of Las Vegas, it's like, oh, all of a sudden I see that cattle ranch. I see that, you know, I see that cow over there, and my attention is captured by the cow instead of the whole landscape moving through me. Well, if that happens for you, you know, watching the landscape of your life and you think back to a childhood event and it grabs your attention. The landscape uh, stops moving and all of a sudden you're there and you're six years old and you're remembering a situation that was challenging for you. Well, what you can do is just notice that. Notice how it feels. Notice the memory. Notice how you're stuck in it. Notice the emotion. And then get the movie moving again, right? Come back and notice the space between yourself and being a six-year-old, between yourself and the sky, between yourself and the landscape. And then you go visit that particular place again in the landscape, right? The example of the cow or the landscape of your life. Back to being 
a six-year-old where this thing happened to you. And every time you go back and forth, every time you swing your attention, this incredible thing that you can use your awareness in this way, if you choose. Every time you do this, you literally replace the particular with the infinite. The particular reactivity of anger, fear, sadness that's been stored in your life ever since you were six, you replace it with literally the chemistry that corresponds to the sensation of this calmness, of this source, of this, of this allness. Right? And if you want to use religious language, you could say, you know, God heals, right? God, space, the infinite, the infinite can come back and uh, fill in, replace, renew the particular. Particular is no longer grabbed by a capturing reactivity. In the last couple of weeks since uh, since the landscape switched around for me on that drive back from Wenatchee, I've just been paying attention to this as often as I could. And I find myself sometimes, oh, I forgot to be in this awareness. I'm just flitting around in reactivity from one thing to the next, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I stop. And at first I found it difficult when I was walking, but when you're walking, you can, you can have the visualization that you're on a treadmill. And instead of going, into the landscape with your feet. It's like a treadmill. The track is moving around and you're bringing the landscape into you. You can notice sounds coming into you and through you, non-reactively, just in the mode of observation. Smells, tastes coming through you, interactions with others coming through you. It doesn't mean you can't experience them this way, but you experience them like completely connected with everything. And then you notice when that stops happening. Someone says something that upsets you. Oh, well, that got my reactivity. And then you explore that. And then you come back to the place of motion moving through you. And then you go back and you explore that particular space that grabbed your reactivity that was stuck for a moment. Like for me, it's so crazy. It's like I really, really think that applying the scientific discovery of what happens in the brain cells and the synapses of memories and how they can reconsolidate and how they discovered in these four mice that you could remove fear memories from these mice can be applied as a real um, specific, predictable, usable tool in the freeing of our awareness from upsets to the awareness of source. And that for those that are interested in the spiritual journey, right, of that sense of connection to the allness of life, to infinity, step by step, predictably, mechanically almost, mechanistically, can remove the upsets that stand in the way. The masters have said that enlightenment is not something to be gained. You simply remove those things that are blocking your awareness from what's already true, which is that you are infinity, and you can't be anything else other than infinity, because if you were, there would be something other than infinity.
I remember when I read that, it was like, oh my gosh. Here I've been thinking about like the tasks of life, what there is to accomplish, to be something, all these things you think, or I at least was thinking that I have to, I have to like do and accomplish because I'm not infinite. Certainly religion, at least the Christian religion, makes a big, big deal out of me being something different from God, something different from Jesus. And it's like, not in any sort of proud way, but it's like, that's ridiculous. The idea that you could be well, something there's two infinities, and that's like ridiculous. And infinity is infinity. It does seem that we can either have that awareness or not have that awareness, but I don't think it makes any difference to the truth of that truth, that infinity is infinity. And infinity is infinity, even though I'm kind of like not so smart when I go walking up with a cat on my shoulder who's not used to that dog, and then I get a scratch on my temple. But infinity is still infinity. And you can look at the motion of the landscape moving through your life, and you can see that there will be a time when your physical function will stop. Like these 50 or 100 trillion cells that make up the physical thing that gets to experience infinity and experience the finitude of it. Like it's going to stop. And those cells then are going to begin their process of decomposing. Now you should be a farmer if you have an issue with that. Say, what do I do? I get old food. From stores. All of the food here is collected from stores and restaurants, right? As soon as I get it, as soon as it's picked, in fact, or butchered, it begins the process of single-celled organisms returning it to soil. That is the fate of all things living. Soil is the history of life. And soil is the foundation of the next piece of life, together with the energy of the sun, making plants. Plants are the basis, right? Converting the sun into usable forms that other animals can eat and then other animals eat other animals. And it's like, wow, you know, all that can just move through you like a landscape. And you can see yourself as a part of that. Your finitude is a part of that infinity. And whatever the reactivities are, the fear, the sadness, the anger, about living a finite life where the cellular cells, organized cells of your being are someday going to go back to being the single-celled animals of the soil and becoming the potential of future life, organized into more than single cells. Right? You think about that, you see a chicken, and it's like you just fall down and wonder. And the chicken just walks by pecking. Either because you're already aware of that, and that's no big deal, which is probably the case. Or you're just like so beyond caring. And there is a nice scrap of a piece of lettuce for you to get. But for we humans, it's like this thing about life and about death becomes such a big deal. It's like we come into this landscape and we forget you know, from whence we came, where we came from. It seems to be part of this experience. And again, now I'm just talking about things just like my friends talk to me about things and can't understand how I don't get them. But 
but it just seems to me that that's like a big part of what it means to be a human being is that coming into this finitude includes a process of forgetting our infinity. Because we must have been infinity for all time and all space. Otherwise, infinity wouldn't be infinity. Infinity would be creating something outside of itself. <laughs> it just seems ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's just because I'm an engineer, but it's like, you know, whenever we wrote equations for integrating or differentiating to infinity, it, mean, it meant to forever. It included the whole curve, everything under the curve included it all. If there's something outside of the all that had a number of value to it, then what you were talking about was not infinity. So those two <laughs> chickens over there fighting right now, infinity. They'll yeah, get over it. Yep, they're over it. Watch it, watch it. You're going to peck on the ground in a second, aren't you? There, just about. Yep, there you go. A little scuffle done. Back to pecking and eating. Infinity. Wherever you are, driving your car right now, filling in some time, listening to this podcast, waiting for a doctor's appointment, whatever it is, you're having an experience, a particular experience of infinity. It's the way it seems to me, and whether or not you're appreciating it as infinity has nothing to do with whether or not it's infinity. It's just like that's what we get is this opportunity of awareness of the particular. And there is nothing wrong with us uh, remaining in particularity or, or particular awareness for our entire life. I can't see that. I've never been able to see um, the religious take of some that like this is the place where either you're gonna be banished to hell forever or you get to go to heaven, right? The idea that somehow um, we get to say those things about infinity. Usually moralistic judgments of how good or bad we say something is. If it's all infinity, then uh, we are all, always have been, always will be a part of it. Whether we are people of hunting gathering culture, people of this agricultural culture, whether we live or whether we die, was written in the book of Philippians, Paul. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Nope, that's not Philippians, that's another one. I shouldn't even try to quote verses anymore. That's too long ago that I did that. There's good stuff in there. You can read through those scriptures. I have a friend, he gets, gets upset every time we talk about religion. But all the good stuff is in there too, along with all of the uh, stuff that people use the same way to divide earth into heaven and hell and the good and the bad and those who get to go forward and those who are banished to go backwards. Those things are useful in a particular way of looking at things for particular people at a particular time. But they are by definition smaller than infinity. And mostly here on earth we get that, which I think is this incredible privilege. We get the opportunity to have a viewpoint smaller than the infinite. And we're even given the gift of like thinking it's true compared to something else. And we get to have those experiences like my friend who's sure 
that he's got like the complete view of the world now and I'm just not getting it. He doesn't understand why I'm getting it. And like, really, I'm no different when I talk about AI's method and memory reconsolidation, right? So I'm not excluding myself from that. And so now I take a moment and I just notice the space. I notice the space. I notice this field of chickens like moving around and instead of me like having my attention out there, it's like, oh, it's almost like they could move through me like a movie. Noticing that space, noticing this crazy thing then, oh, you can notice infinity and you can then notice, oh, I'm still alive. I'm still this particular thing. I'm still Lars with my farmer's overalls on, having this particular experience. And then sometime, even while I'm looking at this turkey, you are so cute, turkey, the way you just kind of crick your neck over there. Yep, and give me that look with that one eye. You can have this experience, which you're not, because you're having a different one. And at the same time I'm having this experience, I can, I can just also have the experience of the awareness of infinity, of infiniteness, of my own infiniteness, of that turkey's infinity. So, I wanted to talk about these things. It's funny, like I'm always hesitant to start these conversations. I was about that XRP lunch, that digital token, about economy. I was about talking about uh, agriculture. I was about talking about hunting gathering culture. I guess that's something in me that's just like a little bit hesitant to get started. And then it's like skiing down a slope. Once you get started, it's like, oh, here we go. It's good. And I guess maybe it goes back to just like that conversation, that ongoing conversation I'm having with my friend about like putting something out there, but knowing that like we can only each appropriate whatever we experience through our own lens of experience that we that we in doing that we we have these beliefs that this is right or wrong this is true or not true you know of course i don't want to say anything that's gonna like come at you as like not true or something right which is just that i forgot that everything is infinity and to have the gift of speaking into that. Wow, what a thing. Hey, cat, you're back on my shoulder, but we're not locking scratch now, are we? Hmm? I'm going to have a little memory of you tonight when I look in the mirror and see what happened. Yes, I am. All right, you little infinite babs. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here at the Many Spokes Farm. Oh, there's another chicken kerfuffle. Maybe someday you all come visit the farm. You can see little chicken squabbles and babs will be all big by then. Turkeys might have become Thanksgiving dinners by then. All right. I think that's about enough for now. And like I say, every time, if you want more information about the farm, you can go to manyspokes.com, learn about these happy hens. And if you want to learn more about uh, reconsolidating upsets that are stored in your life, um, this method that I've been using for myself for, I don't know, six, seven, eight years now, however long it is, and that I've used to work with hundreds of people, 
that's brought relief from stored upsets, yep, that's over at icemethod.com. My most recent book, The River of Life, prior to that, Memory Reconsolidation Applied, prior to that, Fibromyalgia Relief. All right, well, um, it's just great to spend time with you. You know, whether or not you listen to this, it's great to spend time with you. Um, the chance to, to try and articulate these things. And if they do make a connection or bring up some thoughts, uh, definitely drop you a note. I always appreciate hearing what, you know, how things strike you and they give me a chance to um, sort of have my own awareness um, benefited by you. And I appreciate that so much. All right, from these 600 and some hands, wish you a wonderful, wonderful day. All right, till next time. Oh, well, that was a head full or a mouthful or whatever it was. Don't know how that all connected for you, but it was good for me to, uh, to be taking the time here on Chicken Space to, um, to be like reconnecting to the language, the experience of source and trying to share that. Spent a lot of time in earlier episodes and kind of uh, made some detours here, not detours, but uh, these notes for another planet of, uh, of talking about different things, about hunting, gathering, and agriculture, and the economy, and things like that. Um, but this too is an important note for like what it means to be human here, how we come into this experience of life and how we do it, and uh, like how I get to have a little take on it. And, Maybe it makes a connection for you and your little take on it, or maybe it uh, causes you uh, to reflect in some different way. Anyway, however all that's happening for you from uh, me and all the chickens here at Chicken Space, the Happy Hens Farm, many spokes, we wish you all the best. Till next time, look forward to seeing you again. Thanks, bye-bye.